You are listening to the podcast of Providence Church in Austin, Texas. We hope this message raises your affections for Jesus and helps you live out the gospel in everyday life. Well, everybody loves a good underdog story, don't they? Uh, in the sport, sports world, you've got Rocky and Rudy. Uh, in literature, you've got Frodo Baggins and Oliver Twist. In children's tales, uh, you've got the tortoise and the hare and the little engine that could. Uh, whether it's unlikely heroes, surprise endings, or plot twists, we love it when small things make a big and unexpected difference. Uh, we are in a preaching series going through Jesus' parables about uh, the kingdom of God. Uh, and parables are these short stories that have a way of, of uh, sticking with us. Right? You, you walk away thinking uh, about them. Uh, the spiritual truth that these parables are teaching is not always immediately obvious to us. And so uh, to fully understand the parable, you really have to, to turn it over. You really have to think about it. And in our passage today, Jesus gives us two parables, two uh, very different images, uh, but both of them are illustrating the same basic thing. They're both highlighting this fact that the kingdom of God works in big and unexpected ways. The first image that we see in our our parable today is that of a gardening image, the mustard seed. The mustard seed is just this this tiny little seed. But if the seed falls into the soil, and if rain and sun nurture it over time, you will see a remarkable bush that has grown from that uh, very small seed, the largest plant uh, in the garden. And the second image that Jesus gives us uh, is a baking image, leaven. Uh, leaven is like yeast and that when it is worked into some dough, uh, it causes the entire thing uh, to rise. Uh, and as we're going to see today, Jesus gives us these, these two parables as a pair because they're like two sides uh, of the same coin. They complement each other really well. And they describe for us what life is like in the kingdom of God. Uh, these two images illustrate for us how a small thing, uh, a mustard seed, leaven, make a big and unexpected difference. Uh, So with that in mind, uh, I want us to look at these two parables uh, separately, and I want to see what each of them uh, says to us uh, at face value. Uh, And then I want to finish by bringing them back together and drawing out some principles uh, that I think that they have for us. Uh, That's where we're going. Uh, And so let's uh, start with the first parable, uh, the mustard seed, uh, which illustrates for us uh, an important aspect uh, of kingdom growth. Uh, And so look with me at, at Matthew 13. Verse 31, Jesus put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nest in its branches." Right, so the image is of this mustard seed, right? And the mustard seed is extremely small. Uh, it's about the, the size of, of, of the tip of a pencil lead. Uh, if you saw a mustard seed, uh, your eye would hardly notice it. And, and it takes about 750 mustard seeds uh, to weigh even one gram. It is that small. Uh, it, it's the smallest seed that Jesus' followers would have known about. 
Uh, and, and because of that, the mustard seed was used as a figure of speech in Jesus' day to refer to something really small, uh, almost like how we would call something shrimpy. Uh, we're sort of mocking how small it is, right? It's tiny. It's insignificant. And Jesus uses this same figure of speech uh, to talk about the kingdom of God. And now everyone hearing uh, Jesus would have understood this image very clearly. They would have understood his basic point, uh, but this image would not have been any less shocking to them. Uh, By using this image of the mustard seed, Jesus is trying to get his listeners to see that the kingdom of God works in unexpected ways. You see, here's the thing about uh, a mustard seed that we need to know. The scenario that Jesus is describing here in Matthew 13, this doesn't happen. Mustard seeds don't become trees. Birds don't nest in mustard plants. They're just small little bushes. And so saying that a mustard seed could become a tree is like saying that a McDonald's hamburger could become a filet mignon. It's unimaginable. It's unthinkable, improbable. And so what is Jesus saying with this parable of the mustard seed? What, what, is, what is he getting at? Well, you'll notice that if you look back through those two verses there, you'll see that this parable doesn't say anything about the process of the seed growing. And it doesn't say anything about the act of sowing itself. This parable isn't about how the seed grows. It's about the contrast between what starts out as something very small, seemingly insignificant, Uh, and yet ends up producing something very large. The kingdom of God, is it's not like the mustard seed uh, in in that it is small and unassuming. The kingdom of God is like the mustard seed in that it's uh, it's like what happens uh, to the mustard seed. What seems insignificant at first grows beyond all expectation given the appearance uh, of the original seed. And, And it becomes so large, in fact, that the birds nest in its branches. This image of birds nesting in the branches is from a prophecy in Ezekiel 17. And in that prophecy, God promises that he will establish his people like a tree. And he says of that tree in Ezekiel, on the mountain height of Israel will I plant it, that it may bear branches and produce fruit and become a noble cedar. And under it will dwell Every kind of bird. In the shade of its branches, birds of every sort will nest. Right? So Jesus takes this prophecy from Ezekiel 17 and he drops it into this parable of the mustard seed. And in doing so, he is saying the kingdom of God is it's bigger, it's grander, it's more expansive than you ever thought possible. It's going to be filled with people from every nation and tribe and language, right? It's filled with birds from every kind, every sort. That is the destiny of God's kingdom, right? But it it all starts with a mustard seed, right? The the smallest of seeds, how how easily overlooked it is, how easy it is to dismiss it. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Its growth is shocking and unexpected. It's marked by improbable progress. All right, so that, that's the mustard seed. 
Now let's look at uh, uh, the parable of the leaven, which illustrates for us another aspect of kingdom growth. Look at verse 33. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Now, I don't know a whole lot about baking, uh, and I certainly did not know much of anything about leaven uh, before this week. Uh, And so uh, I uh, consulted Providence's resident baking expert, uh, Chelsea Sharbach, uh, and here's what I learned uh, from her. Uh, All baked goods uh, require some type uh, of leavening agent. And if you leave the leavening out for whatever reason, it it just doesn't work. Uh, In Chelsea's words, Whatever you're baking will be a sad, flat little brick. And the type of leaven that Jesus is referring to here is like, uh, it's very similar to what we would use to make sourdough bread. It's essentially a portion of the batch of of fermented dough from from a previous baking. Uh, And this leaven is then uh, preserved and mixed in with the flour to to leaven or to affect the whole batch of dough uh, for the next baking. Uh, Now, in Scripture, uh, leaven is most often used as a symbol, as an image for uh, sin. Uh, For example, uh, in Mark 8, Jesus warns his disciples against the leaven, against the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. Uh, Likewise, the Apostle Paul, both in 1 Corinthians 5 and and in Galatians 5, calls believers to uh, rid themselves uh, of the leaven of evil because, he says, uh, a little leaven leavens the whole lump, right? The implication being sin will spread and corrupt. It will multiply in your life. And so deal with sin, right? Get rid of it, right? Leaven is like sin. But here in Matthew 13, Jesus uses this image of leaven in a completely new and shocking way. And he does this for the same reason that he uses the image of the mustard seed, The kingdom of God works in unexpected ways. And so he is trying to subvert and provoke a new perspective in the thinking of his listeners. And the point of the parable of the leaven is that if sin can be pervasive and dangerous because it has a way of growing and multiplying in our lives, the kingdom of God is far more pervasive. It is far more potent. Chelsea also told me this story. She said that she gave some of her leaven to some of her friends, and they used it to bake some bread. But they sort of weren't thinking, and they used up all of the leaven. They didn't save any for the next batch. But what they did, sort of just on a whim, they took some of the liquid that was sitting just in the jar that the leaven had been in, and they added in some flour and some water and it actually started growing again, right? It's potent. It's powerful. You'll notice in verse 33 that the amount of flour that is leavened is very large. Three measures, Jesus says. Three measures is about six gallons of flour. It would have weighed 35 pounds, and it would have fed 40 people three meals a day for several days. And Jesus says that, that just a little leaven hidden and in, in mixed into all that flour permeates the whole lump. Right? That's 
That's what the kingdom of God is like. Right? You can't see it working. It's hidden. But the potency of the kingdom of God is it's irresistible. It's irreversible. If the parable of the, the mustard seed emphasizes the improbable progress of the kingdom, the parable of the, the leaven emphasizes the pervasive power of the kingdom. Right? And these two parables, they're about growth. Right? And they teach us that the kingdom of God works in big yet unexpected ways. And so what does that mean for us? Right? What are we supposed to do with this? How do we apply this? What are the takeaways for us in these parables? Well, let me now kind of pull these parables together and draw out some principles for us. I'm calling these principles for kingdom growth. Right? In other words, if you want to grow in the kingdom of God, or better put, if you want the kingdom of God to grow in you, then you must apply these basic principles, all right? So here's the first principle. Kingdom growth is slow. Kingdom growth is slow. The point of the parable of the mustard seed is the contrast between where the seed starts and where it ends up, right? The growth is extraordinary. It's off the charts. But here's the thing about a tree, You can't measure its growth in just a day or two, right? I'm sure like many of you, uh, we have one of those growth charts at home. Uh, It's on the back of our uh, pantry door. Uh, And both of my girls just love uh, every once in a while going and and seeing, um, uh, marking how high they have have gotten and and sort of seeing how much uh, they have uh, grown uh, over the months. Now, if I was to go home, Uh, and I was to measure my girls as soon as I uh, get home. Uh, And then a few hours go by, we eat dinner, and I was to come back and I was to measure them again. There would be no difference, right? Why is that? It's because growth takes time. It's slow. Our expectation and desire is for things to change quickly. We, We lose interest with anything that takes longer than just a few hours. My daughter, Frances, a few months ago, came home with one of those cups of dirt with a seed in it, right? And you're supposed to monitor the growth over the the month. Uh, Well, I have no idea how that thing uh, did uh, because uh, after just the first morning of Frances seeing it and seeing that there was no difference at all, she lost uh, interest immediately. uh, And I think just the the thing got got, got tossed away, right? We we want to see immediate progress and, and immediate return on our investment, But the kingdom of God works in unexpected ways, and it oftentimes works in undesired timelines. Like I said, I I am no baker, but one thing I do know, you cannot bake bread in a microwave, right? There are no shortcuts. You can't speed up the baking process. Similarly, kingdom growth is slow. It's, It's slow. And because kingdom growth is slow, the kingdom of God values patience over speediness. It values patience over speediness. Our world uh, is, is so hurried, isn't it? Uh, it so often values and rewards those that are the speediest, uh, those with the most hustle. And, and there certainly isn't anything wrong 
uh, with a little hustle. Uh, but the kingdom of God works in unexpected, countercultural ways, and it values patience uh, over speediness. I don't know if you saw uh, Alex Moser's devotional uh, from earlier this week, his reflections on the parable uh, of the weeds, but I really resonated uh, with Alex's thoughts. And the thing I really resonated with uh, was his grandfather's words when he said, Alex, uh, today we are watering the garden, right? Today we're watering the garden, meaning learn to embrace the process. Be, be patient, Where do you see the seeds of impatience and hurriness sprouting up in your heart? Uh, Impatience with where you are in life. Impatience with your spouse, with uh, your kids. Impatience with someone else and their perceived lack of growth and maturity. Uh, Impatience with God in his timing. Impatience always produces poor soil for a seed to grow. It leads to unleavened dough that doesn't fully rise, just a sad, flat little brick. Kingdom growth, it's slow, right? And so what this means is that far less will happen than we expect and desire in a day, right? In, In a week, in a month. But far more will happen than we expect in a year, five years, 10 years, Growth in the kingdom, growing and maturing as disciples means learning to embrace the slow process of growth with diligent patience. You need to grow, right? I need to grow. We all need to grow, right? Like, it's normal. It's okay. And that growth is going to happen slower than we want or expect. But these two parables teach us that there is great beauty in the slowness. And so be patient. Water the garden. Kingdom growth is slow. That's the first principle. Here's the the second one. Kingdom growth uh, is certain, right? It's slow, but it's certain. If there's one thing I can bank on in, in the spring and in the summertime, it's that every week and a half, my grass has to be cut right? I can't see it growing. I can't watch it grow. Uh, but whenever it gets cut, I can guarantee you that about a week later, it's going to have to be mowed again, right? It, it's certain growth. A, a seed, when it's planted in the right soil and nurtured, it grows, right? That's what a seed does. When leaven is, is worked into the dough fully, it rises. That's what leaven does, and when someone is united to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and, and, and he takes up residence in them and the kingdom of God grows in and through them. That is what the Spirit of God does. That kingdom growth, it's certain. It is certain. And because it is certain, the kingdom of God values perseverance over comfort. Our world says, it tells us, do what makes you happy, right? If something or someone isn't working out for you, then just move on to something else. Don't waste too much time in dead ends. But the kingdom of God says there are no dead ends when it comes to growth. There is no wasted effort, right? God uses all things, 
All things, including our pain and our suffering, our disappointments, our hardships, he uses all things for our growth and godliness. Romans 8 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Uh, Philippians 1 says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Right? Those are certain promises from God. You, you can take them to the bank. And because God's promises are certain, we can labor with perseverance. Where do you see a tendency in your own life to want to avoid discomfort, a desire to to quickly move on and neglect the the hard work of discipleship? And maybe it's a difficult relationship in your life or a, a stubborn area of sin that you've been dealing with for a long time. Maybe it's the energy and the cost that it takes to share the gospel with a friend. Right? We, we so often want the benefit and the fruit without the brokenness and the effort. Right? We, we want to enjoy the bread without doing the work of kneading the dough. And I, I, I want to encourage you, Providence. Don't choose comfort over growth and mission. God promises that the seed of the gospel will not stay dormant. It will not stay dormant. It will grow and expand. It will will permeate, just like the leaven, every area of your life. Kingdom growth is certain. And so so persevere. Work the, the leaven of the gospel into your life. Here's the final principle for us. Kingdom growth is mundane. It's mundane. These images that Jesus gives us in these two parables, they're they're really plain images, really, really common things that Jesus mentions, right? Gardening, baking, right? And and the processes of gardening and baking are largely, they're they're pretty mundane. You, You till the soil, you, you, you water the seed, you, you pull the weeds, you knead the dough. Right? There, there's, of course, a lot going on uh, that we can't see, but at their core, gardening and baking are, are fairly normal and mundane things. Right? They simply require a, a steady persistence. Right? Kingdom growth, most kingdom growth is mundane. And because it's mundane, the kingdom of God values Faithfulness over impressiveness. Faithfulness over impressiveness. Our world is enamored by celebrity. It values glitz and glamour. It rewards the loudest voice, the most talented and impressive. But the kingdom of God doesn't value impressive because impressiveness doesn't lead to long-term fruitfulness. You know what does? Faithfulness. Faithfulness is the currency of God's kingdom. I have seen this time and time again throughout my life in ministry. The fruitful people are the faithful people. And here's what faithfulness in action looks like. Here is a simple way for you to apply this in your life. 
Do the next thing that God is asking you to do. That's it. Just do the next thing. Honor and obey Jesus in one area in the next step of your life. Just pick one thing and obey Jesus in that thing and then and then watch how that, that simple, faithful obedience grows and spreads like, like yeast through the dough. The Spirit begins to work it into your life. And just like leaven, that faithfulness over time will permeate every area of your life. Right? Your, your, your thoughts, your attitudes, your beliefs, your affections, your motives, your actions— And then it will begin to work through you and into other people's lives and through them into still other people's lives. It multiplies exponentially. And look, it's not because of your faithfulness. It's because that is the kind of power that the kingdom of God has. It can take just a little bit, a little bit of our imperfect obedience, a small act of faithfulness, and multiply it far beyond our expectations. Uh, impressiveness is for suckers, right? Uh, impressiveness is concerned with outward appearance. It, it starts out strong, but it quickly fades. And so don't be fooled. Fruitful people are faithful people. Uh, kingdom growth uh, is slow, and so uh, practice patience. Uh, it's certain, and so we can persevere with hope. And it's also uh, mundane. And so uh, cultivate faithfulness in the simple, ordinary things that God has called you to. Now, I want to close by showing you how these two parables uh, point us to Jesus. Uh, the parables of the, the mustard seed and the leaven reveal to us uh, that God's kingdom uh, works uh, in unexpected ways. Right? God's kingdom is like a mustard seed. seemingly insignificant, unnoticed, and dismissed. Do you remember how Isaiah 53 describes Jesus? He grew up before them like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, no, no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised. And rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Right? Just a mustard seed. Improbable, unlikely, insignificant, worthy of being ignored and dismissed, one from whom men hid their faces. Right? That's Jesus, a rejected seed sown into the field of the world. Uh, In John 12, Jesus uses a similar image, uh, this time to speak much more narrowly about uh, his death. Uh, He said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus was despised and rejected, crucified and buried. But his death, he says, will be like the sowing of a seed that will bear fruit worldwide. The images of uh, the mustard seed and the leaven, these were shocking images. Uh, But no image, no image was more shocking than the cross. The cross was seen as as foolishness to everyone. 
The Roman authorities saw Jesus as nothing but a threat, right? And so they, they silenced and murdered him. The crowds around Jesus mocked and spit on him. Jesus' own disciples were altogether overcome with despair at the sight of Jesus on the cross and were told that they deserted him. Right? The cross is a shocking image, and it was seen as foolishness. But has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Right? No one expected the Messiah. No one expected the Messiah to come from Nazareth. Right? What good can come from Nazareth, they said. No one saw the cross for what it really is the mustard seed of the kingdom, the the dying grain of wheat that would be planted into the ground. It would plant the kingdom of God in the world that would make so much progress uh, that nations would come to find their eternal rest in its branches. Uh, No one expected uh, that Jesus' disciples, a bunch of weak, uh, a bunch of unimpressive men, uh, would begin to turn the world virtually upside down, so much so Uh, that we are impacted by their witness 2,000 years later and and, and thousands of miles away. We are a part of this same kingdom that the disciples proclaimed, a kingdom that that God is continuing to expand until one day a, a multitude from every nation and tribe and people and language will shout the praises of Christ the King. And on that day, the kingdom of God that began as a mustard seed will be in full bloom. And Revelation 11 will come to its realization. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Providence Church. For more resources and info, visit us online at www.providenceaustin.com.